you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer, episode 170. On tonight's episode, the boys are talking about coalescence, which is happening today. Today. Oh, great. Today. Today, if you're listening on the day they release it, like because everybody just can't wait to listen to Garage Hammer, gonna listen right away, don't want it to get stale. These guys ran their event a week before. The whole great three of them. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know what I did. Shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next two hours or thereabouts, we will do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you gaming, coalescence, and discussing when then will be now and when now will be then. I'm Alex Gonzalez. And I'm Sergeant Hulk of this platoon's big toe. That's stripes. Yes, it is! And if I'd have known you were going to say when then will be now and then now would be then, I would have... Responded with a space balls? I was going for... The, I would... I, I, uh, it broke my heart not to break with what I had planned, but I had to do stripes just because... Because... Elric's a dunce, but that's it, Bob. That's it. Um... <laughs> The answer is soon, everybody. <laughs> It'll be soon. Uh, you call that a radar? No, we call that Mr. Coffee. Would you care for some? <laughs> of course. I always drink coffee when watching radar. Everybody knows that. Of course we do, sir. You know, my daughter cannot stand watching that movie because Pizza the Hut makes her, like, Sick. It gives it gives her the heebie-jeebies. Her, to be fair, Pizza the Hut is a little, a little heebie-jeebie-ish. It, it really it makes her skin crawl. She feels like sick watching it. When that little piece of pepperoni falls off his face into his own mouth, she's like, "I'm gonna vomit!" <laughs> like she gets so grossed out. Like he's heebie-jeebie-ish, but he's not like the word moist. <laughs> well, like, I look at her sometimes when she irritates. I'm like, "Or else pizza's gonna send out for you." <laughs> And then she's just like, mm. stop it, Dad, stop! Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I can get it, but moist is, like, the worst. Just no, no. See, I always think of Throw Mama from the Train when I hear that. Yeah. I mean, do you know what I'm talking about? That No, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> it's but... sultry in here. I'm going to kill her! It was just like... Ugh. The night was hot. The night was, night was moist. The night was hot and moist. I hate that. Hate it, hate it, hate it. <laughs> I, I don't know why that word gets to... I mean, that's... that's. I guess it just doesn't... It just hate. doesn't jive with most people. I know. So many people don't like that word. It's weird. But that is neither here nor there. You know what is here? The sponsors. Oh, yeah. We you like how I did take... that? That was so smooth. That was, was very clever. That was, it was very good. Yeah. It was a train so, we should probably take a minute to take us to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, um, and the sponsors are Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Sorry. And the weirdest part is, as I was doing all the changing the voices i moved my mouth like to different spots around the microphone as if that was going to act like like you know because someone's going to see all the different faces i was doing oh god i am an idiot today all right and wait till we start live streaming this thing it's gonna be amazing i cannot wait 
Oh, Daniel's actually going to get. I, I found out why I haven't seen him in like a month. I'm like, Daniel, you promised me you'd get me going on this. We're like losing patrons over this, and he's like, he moved. Like he's like, I oh. finished up what I was doing and I got a new job and I was working on my new job and then I had to move and like his. I mean, he's still in the city, but like he, he was like, I mean, kid's got a life all of a sudden, you know. They graduate college, he? and all of a sudden it's like, hey, I got to live my life. I can't just run the Garage Hammer website. It's oh, God bless America. And you know who else we should thank? Is it Six, Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios for all your MDF needs. That's right. They're good people. They is. They are. And, um, and of course, we want to thank our Patreon associate producer, James Mackey. And... We want to thank our newest patron, Jeremy Dunham. Jeremy, thanks for joining the almost 1% who make this show keep running. Um, yeah. Oh, that I guess that goes. Yeah. yeah, Daniel's going to. I'm talking to him. Uh, if you listen to this on the day it came out, and why wouldn't you be? Uh, then Monday, I'm talking to Daniel, and uh, that's like my first week of summer vacation, so... Mm-hmm. We're going to actually get together and get all the stuff straightened out. The stuff on the website, the stuff with the with the live streaming. It's going to happen. So, this is the summer of stuff. I think that. Oh, maybe that's the summer of stuff and things. That's 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 going to be our. I think that's a good title. I think that's what we're going to run with. The summer of stuff and things. It actually doesn't sound half bad for you know. Last minute, half baked idea. But, yeah, you know. for something I just thought up right now, it's it's just that's much, amazing. It is. It's as good. Hey, it ain't going to get any better right now. So let's go with it. Mm. All right. Um, voicemail. Uh, I don't think we got any voicemails. But if you wanted to leave one, and why wouldn't you? You can call one seven five seven G H show six. That's one seven five seven G H show six. International callers in most countries, please dial zero zero. And then one seven five seven G H show six. And if you don't have letters on your phone, it's seven five seven four four one four six nine six. My phone doesn't hmm. have any fives. Go fish. Yeah, my phone it doesn't have a five on it, so I can't call just everybody. You know. That's weird, Dave. How long have you had that phone? I don't know. My calendar has no sevens. Dave. That's a Stephen Wright joke. I've told it on the air before. I love it. It makes me laugh. It makes me happy. We're going to go to break because I'm being stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's do that and come back and we'll talk all things coalescence. Well, not all things coalescence. Just one small thing, coalescence. And then uh, other good stuff. Reasons. Hot start. All right. We'll be back, folks. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War. 
Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Org Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back with the Garage Hammer Network News. That was amazing. Oh, hey, uh, I totally didn't mention Shirley Tempel as the other uh, Patreon associate producer because uh, my mistake. So I didn't want to just not mention them. <clears throat> Lindsay reminded me. Sorry, Lindsay. Ten points, Lindsay. Yes, she saved the day. I'm going to get her a Coke with her name on it. Um all right, so right now it's kind of all 40K all the time right now, isn't it? A little bit. Um, it's not like they've got, you know, 8th edition dropping on day of release next Saturday. Yeah. Um, we've got – I've got my box on order. You've got your box already. GW is nice yeah. enough to send it to us, and we were perusing yeah. it. Um, yes, the models are pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, wow. Now, let me ask you this. Um <clears throat> I know people were freaking out about the Primaris Marines, um, but they got their own rules, and they're bigger, and they cost more points, and they have different stuff than regular Marines. And everyone's like, well, they're obviously going to just phase out the old Marines, even though it's going to take, you know, it'll be a couple of years, but they're going to do it. Um, you think, I mean, what do you think? I personally think they're not as good as regular Marines right now, just from what I know about how this new edition's playing, they can't take um, like special weapons except for that plasma toting squad. So all Primaris Marines just get is the rifle. They can't take flamers. They can't take any of the special weapons. It's just the rifle. So they're all, they're cool. Don't get me wrong, but standard Marines will still have a place. And unless they start, putting all these special weapons on the Primaris Marines, you're going to still see right. regular Space Marines. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, like I said, so. I mean, I don't know how I feel. I mean, I I got this sort of... I just bought somebody's beautifully... I bought an army of Ultramarines, and I got a great deal on it, but I dropped about five bills on this really nice ultramarine set and then like a month and a half later they're like check out these ultramarines and i was just like <laughs> did i just waste yeah. my money but i don't i mean they said they're not going to invalidate them and i don't see them just i mean even if it slowly does start to replace them i could see in the story like them slowly getting like as the as the space marine the regular marines like get killed off and, and the apothecaries pull the gene seed them using that to make primaris marines yeah, you know what I'm saying? I could see that. There's a lot of modification, though, that goes into the Primaris ones, but you never know. I don't it's know. It's just it one might of those be... things. That... Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. The only thing is I think that the Primaris Marines as like a unit lacks character. I think people are going to be more drawn to the character because they're just big Marines that look great. Don't get me wrong. But they're just guys walking around with bolters. So I don't know. They'd have to expand the range and the ability of these things a lot more 
right. to really replace them. But I think they'll probably be like that what used to be like Stern Guard and Vanguards, like these guys are gonna be the guys leading the charge, the very like spear tip, as it were. So I mean I they'll you. be there, but I don't think they're gonna replace anything. They're just big space marines. Yep. Well and uh like I said, and, I, and before people would be like, this isn't a 40K podcast, shut up. Dude, all the 40K podcasts have been talking about AOS for a while. And let's be honest, this is this is the, this is is the all the news that's out there. And it's not yeah. like, you know, a, you know, whatever. I'm just going to just chit-chat about it. Um, I got to mm-hmm. say, though, that the box set is just gorgeous. Like I And I keep seeing people, it's, it's weird because I keep seeing, I mean, especially because people already have, you know, Space Marines. So a lot of people mm-hmm. are like, well, who wants to trade and take the the Death Guard? I like don't see a lot, at least, you know, people I know, I don't see a lot of people saying, hey, I want your Death Guard, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I keep looking at that, and I'm going, wow. Like, I don't even necessarily need a second. I mean, I haven't finished my first 40K army. But it seems a shame to, to trade away those models. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're gorgeous. Um, they look a lot like Light Kings got mixed with Space Marines. Um, yeah, it's Nurgle, but yeah, that's what Nurgle Space Marines are, aren't they, though? Yeah, and it's just like the Death Guard models prior to this release weren't as bloated and hulked as I would have wanted them to be. Um, but now they are definitely bloated and hulked, and they brought back the like the what used to be like a Plague Zombie is now a Pox Walker. Right. So they've really, to pardon the phrase, fleshed out um, no, they're the Nurgle aspects. So and it's so good. It is. They're, I, it actually, is. they look better than the Primaris Marines. And I like the Primaris Marines, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, you know Nurgle's, Nurgle's my my choice of the four. And, oh, yeah. And it's they're just so good. They're just so good, and I, I now I heard a rumor, and I don't remember where I heard this because I, you know, between Twitter and and the internet, and like Twitter's not part of the internet, uh, and just podcasts and stuff. Uh, Mortarians coming back? I guess GW's got like a little twenty second, thirty second preview up on one of their, you know, videos. Mm. Uh, that you know, nice. It wouldn't surprise me if they brought him back as a demon Primarch. But oh, of course. I think I think you're going to see all the basic. I mean, you're going to see at least the, what is it, the four or five. You'll see Angron eventually. You'll see Fulgrim. You'll see whoever went in. Who was it who went in as um, one of the Primarchs is the uh, demon prince of uh, Chaos Undivided. I forget who. I was just reading this re- the other day. But uh, Horus, who is no, Horus dead, is, not dead. But no, Horus is gone, gone. No, this is one of the other Primarchs mm. who became a uh, a demon prince as well. You're talking uh, like Lorgar? No, no, he's. Uh... Oh, it might be Lorgar. I don't know. I don't remember, and it's not important because this is not a 40k podcast. But. Um... I don't know. This God, this box set is so nice. It's like I almost don't want to trade off. I mean, I will if someone wants them. But yeah. they're just um, so nice. It's a shame. Like it's a shame that I don't have time to build and paint those models cuz they are stupid awesome. Yeah, they are. I mean, I'm I'm trading away my Nurgle half of my box except for the characters cuz I do want to paint those 3. 
Um, but realistically, I don't see myself starting a second 40k army, um, and it wouldn't be Nurgle if I did. So, yeah, it's all good. Um, and then they've got the indexes coming out for all the different factions, yep. um, which is kind of like the Grand Alliance books that we've had previously. Um, and I will say the only thing I don't particularly care for it, especially like looking at Space Marines, um, they kind of vanilla them out. There's not a lot of chapter distinction. And I think that's just the first step of it. I don't know. Um, I mean, I think that the chapters each, don't they each have their own, like, some of the special rules, at least in the... The know, big ones do. Like yeah. Black Templar, Space Wolves, uh, those guys. But, um, like, Salamanders is what my chapter is. And they only play like how they used to play with, like, their Flamers and Melt is getting better when they're within six inches of Vulcan. Otherwise, uh, they're just, like, a regular Marine. Oh. So, and I think this is, again, just the tip of the iceberg with regards to where it goes, because when AOS dropped and changed everything, it was kind of vanilla. There was no real distinction. So I think that's going to be coming um, as releases go on. They where didn't, they're they didn't get even more do individual. any funny rules. I'm very relieved they didn't do any funny rules. Oh, come on. If you're more fat and bloated than your opponent and you're playing Nurgle, you get a bonus. Like that would be hysteric. Okay. Yeah, but if you're a, a bigger between... pervert than your opponent and you're playing C. Okay. So let's process this one here. There's a substantial difference between having a bigger beard than your opponent being versus like being more morbidly obese or more jeepers it's a creeper. I mean it's just you're encouraging people to like grow facial hair, which is fine, I guess, but then when you tell them, Oh yeah, by the way, Put on a ton of weights so you can get bonuses. Don't bathe so you can get bonuses. Or just really creep the other guy out so you can get a bonus. That No. <laughs> no. We have bad reps enough for being gamers. We don't need to encourage it anymore. <laughs> Not all of my ideas are good ones, but at least I throw them out there. And we'll just throw them away. And that's um, fine. But you know what? Some you got to let out the stupid, too. You know, you let out the good ideas, but you also got to let the stupid out there so that it could be out. Just get it out and get it away, and then it's done, and then, you know, you're better for it. Okay. Sure. All right. What else? <laughs> uh, um, that's really oh, about and it. And then anyone oh, who was anyone who was afraid that this was they were going 40k was going to get AOS as they put it, um, you know the rules, you know four page rules, dude. This is like a almost 300 page rule book or something like that. I mean, it's like 200 some odd. It's still, it's got all the fluff, all the rules, all the stuff that you wanted. Um, just better. Yeah. It's a lot cleaner. It's not as like contradictory. It seems like it flows a lot better. I don't feel like I have to sit there and look up a thousand million bajillion rules. They still have a lot of different weaponry. Um, yeah. And it's not all listed on the, the data card like they are on the AOS ones because of the fact that they can pick such a wider range of weapons or this guy can pick a weapon from a list. Mm-hmm. So you don't have it as simple as AOS. But then again, it doesn't necessarily need to be. Uh, I know I'm going to have a page with a you know cheat sheet with what they have as far as weapons goes, but I am dying to get a game into this. I really am. Mm-hmm. 
And now if I'm playing again, I can play against Chris Yu again because he won't play AOS and I can't play Infinity. I'm not smart no. enough. No. So, and I, I'm, I'm not stupid, but that game gives me a headache. So It gives me a headache because you always are on. You don't have exactly. time to like sit back and breathe. Yeah. So. And there's, there's, it's okay. Yeah, I don't. I just. I just don't want to remember that much and pay attention that closely anymore. I want to have some fun, put some models on the table that I really like, push them forward, roll some dice, have some fun. I'm an old man. Mm-hmm. I have simple tastes and simple pleasures. That's what happens when you get old. You just want peace mm-hmm. and quiet. All right. Oh, uh, blah 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 blah. I think that's it for the new. I mean, there's really nothing. Oh, there's a new book coming out. Someone posted up on the. Facebook page. I have to order this. I'm actually very excited about this. Yeah, there's uh, two of them. Um, Plague Garden, which is the Hallowed Knights, which has been floating around for a little while. Right. Um, and then there's, uh, was it the Spear of Silence? It's one of the Eight Lamentations. Spear of Shadows. Yeah, Josh Spear Reynolds. of Shadows. Yeah. That looks pretty cool. And you've got what seems to be a vampire... Um, a fire slayer and a person, just a regular old person. I think that's actually an elf. I don't know if that's a vampire. No, I think it's. I'm. I'm all. No, she got fangs, dude. If you zoom in on elves the picture, elves don't have fangs. I don't think so. I mean, elves are pale, but this one doesn't have pointy ears, and it's got fangs, and it's got skulls with wings coming out of the sides of the skulls on its black skull, wingy, pointy armor. I'm, All right, it's a vampire. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty certain that's a vampire. But, hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking. I mean, hey, any more stories? I'm I'm happy to read them. I'm dying for the next the next phase of this story to move along. I get mm-hmm. you don't need to rush it, but I mean, I'm kind of excited for it because it seems when they get when they release the different campaigns is when you get to meet new go to new places and maybe meet some new races. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to meet the elves. And the more of the humans. I wonder if the new human models are going to come out like with similar stuff, but maybe without the, I don't know what you call the Carl Franz Germanic aesthetic. Yeah. I mean, you could still, like, you could, like you'd have the sword guys, and you could still have the old sword guys if you want to use the old sword guys, but because they're the same stats, but it would be like the new models for them, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know? Cause, you I mean, never would, know. Yeah. Because you could still have some, I don't know, maybe I just, I don't know what they're going to do. You know what I'm saying, and that's that's where I'm I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes because it's really hard to fit the empire into the into AOS. You can still have realms of men, and I get that, but like, why necessarily would they still keep that whole aesthetic all over? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I suppose it could be remembered from the times and the blibble flabble flibble flabble, but I don't know. It just seems. I, I want to see what they do with it. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. I am impatient, so, but not so impatient mm-hmm. that I'm going to complain because we got plenty coming out from Games Workshop. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So, um, should we do the toolbox? Yeah, I suppose we can do the toolbox. Brought to you by Chaos Work Superstore. I told you to bring a jar. If Chris Barnett was listening, which I know he's not, he would be laughing right now. Until he, he thinks it's funny. Anybody knows what that's from, I want to email or something. If you know what that's from, because that's 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 like a deep cut, way out of the way reference. I told you to bring a jar. So, 
All right, Hobby, what you been doing? Um, shoot, I don't know. Um, well, so, I don't. No, I don't either. Um, I actually just tonight finished up uh, my Riddler crew for the Batman miniature game. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, uh, it was a fun little project before I really dive into the secret project. Um, and then I've been working on my Lord Celestint on foot for my Stormcast. Yep. And in the process of repainting Does Prosecutor. Huh? He's got an arm now? Not yet. Okay. I'm just asking because I saw him say he didn't have an arm. Yeah. But that's why um, he got killed. I'm convinced. Uh, sure. Um, so, and then uh, I've been working on repainting my Prosecutor wings. Um, and anything Ooh. that has the wings, um, if you've seen my army before, the ring, the ar- army is blue, metallic, and a light gray, and the wings were red with orange flare at the tips. Um, but it kind of wore off on me, so I'm doing black wings with lightning effect across them now. Um, so they look kind of reminiscent of Night Lords, uh, Chaos Space Marines, but I don't know. I like the kind of more sinister looking um, effect. It's almost, I don't know. You like, you expect Batman to, you know, be kind of scary, but he's still a good guy. These guys can be kind of scary, but still good guys. And especially with like the evolution that these guys go through as they die and are reborn. I think that kind of aesthetic changes with them. So, and especially after reading city of secrets, they're scary. They're scary bros. Like they're scary to anybody who ain't them. Yeah. So, and I don't know, I just have this, because like the whole thing is, it's like when they go to war, the storm goes with them. So I have this whole imagery of like them flying in at night um, with lightning playing off their wings, blending into the storm and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where my head goes when I think about how my guys would operate. They're so, Batman. They're not Batman. They should be. Everything should be Batman. Not everything should be Batman. Well, well, I should be Batman. And if I weighed 100 pounds less and had billions of dollars and could actually fight, I might be Batman. As it is, I'm not even close. Interesting. Not really. Um, Okay. And what other hobby have you been doing? Anything? There's a lot going on. That's really about it. Um, Oh, the only other thing I've been doing is uh, writing a rules pack for another tournament because I can't stop doing that. Um, That's good. For uh, Dragonfall, um, I'm running a 1K one-day event, um, which is October 25th, I believe. Um, Just one day, four games, 1,000 points. Um, So I've been finishing that up and getting that ready to go. So... Yeah, it's really about it. How about you? Uh, okay, so first of all, I want to thank people for all the kind responses and suggestions I got for the frigate because that was really nice of everybody. Um, suddenly, my brain kicked in, and my father-in-law brought me out the hole digger, and it's too way too big. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but he also brought out a bunch of drill bits and all this stuff. And um, you know, he took one look at it, looked at me, and he says, well, "Why don't you just drill around it?" I said, what? He goes, take the little drill and just drill holes all around the magnet. He goes, hmm. I was, duh. I think as soon as he said it, like the light went on. 
So because the the magnet was smaller than the hole, I had filled up the hole with some more some plastic and uh, a plastic bit and some glue. So I just went and just drilled, pushed the you know the little metal drill bit right up against the edge of the magnet and just drilled in at an angle and went all the way around it like eight or nine. And then once I had that done, I just went and got uh, uh, I got my uh, clippers and just like. Stuck the tips in between the two holes I had dug and then clipped a little bit. And then that was just enough to wedge a little bit under there and boom, pop it right out. And then I uh, took another drill bit and I sort of drilled out all the gunk. Uh, but the glue in there and plastic were pretty set. So I think I might have. I don't know if I weakened the the little hole that you're supposed to put the thing in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did get a new flight stand and I'm going to try to put it in there. And I think the hole might be a little big. But uh, I'm thinking uh, finals are over tomorrow, so by like Thursday I'm going to sit down with it. Now that I finally got the flight stand yesterday, and uh, or the other day, and uh, you know what? What if it is too big? I'm going to fill it up with a little bit of you know, extra plastic stuff, and I bought some two part Gorilla Glue epoxy, mm-hmm. and that two part epoxy like that that that'll hold like you know buildings together. So right, I figure I'll just you know. Get it, fill it in all the cracks with the two-part epoxy. Get it stuck in there, hold it in place. That stuff dries in five minutes and bonds completely in an hour. And I'm just hoping that'll be enough. Mm -hmm. Um, But lots of people with suggestions on things I could do. Uh, The best suggestion I got, and I forget who sent it to me, was just dig out what you can and then fill it up completely and make it a peg. Like mm. like make a, a peg and then you have to make you have to get your own flight stand and then put a hole into the top of the flight stand. So instead of the flight stand going into that being the peg going into the hole in the base of the you reverse the male and female ends basically. Sure. So that way you make your own and just slide it in there so that that's the solid part and then it's dropping right on. That was actually a really clever idea. I'm hoping I don't have to go and do anything that complex. I'm hoping that just a little epoxy and and the and the actual flight stand will be enough. Um, I'm been painting up uh, my Dracoth riders. Uh, been painting up, um, and I'm I I had the two extra lords on Dracoth riders, and I replaced the arms to give them regular weapons, and I trimmed down some of the fancy stuff on them a little bit so they don't look like super fancy. Um, mm-hmm. Then I took off the the Lord Celestine's uh, the breastplate on his Dracoth to put on the basic ones. Sure. But uh, when I did it, one of them, it kind of ripped it off a bit. So when I went to put on the new breastplate, the hole's too large. So it looks <clears> like <throat> I'm going to be trying to learn some green stuff uh, and try to just sort of fill it in and make a little bit of an extra armor plate, see if I can kind of roll it flat and right and make it look like a piece of armor. Uh, I'll be giving it a shot. It's either going to look really cool or it's going to look crummy, Um, but it won't look any worse than some of the things I've seen. You know, I mean, some Mm -hmm. people, I mean, people do this stuff all the time. Some people convert and they're amazing. You got your like, uh, you know, Joe Rogers and your, uh, you know, your uh, Herners. Mike Butcher. And Mike Butcher. Oh, yeah. His stuff, man. Uh, You know, um, some of the stuff from the Minnesota boys I've seen, they bring that stuff down. Everything's, you know, every little every model's got a conversion. Or am I like like some of that stuff? I look like that. Just people are like, what do you think of my conversion? And I'm like, ooh, okay, you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of the two. It's either going to be good or it ain't. Fifty fifty. I'm going to give it a shot though, because 
hey, it's you know, it's one less box of Dracothian guard I've got to buy. Yeah, absolutely, you know, exactly. Um, that's kind of where it is. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of painting Stormcast. I'm not going to lie, but I want to paint everything yep. I've got. And they, they keep coming mm-hmm. out. Every time I get close to finishing, they come out with more stuff. Every time I try to get out, they pull me back in. Yeah, I'm running out. I'll say that tentatively because I just have my uh, Lord Celeste and the 10 Vanguard Hunters to finish for the Stormcast. And then that's all the Stormcast I own. So, GW, if you're listening, stop. I'm good. I've got that. I've um I don't know. I got the riders. I got the riders on the other things. I basically all the new stuff they just came out with. I got a box of each of it because uh, mm-hmm. I want to try them out. And uh, I'm I got to finish painting the characters so that I could build those guys and paint them. I kind of want to go back to painting my Arcanauts and stuff. Yeah, the Arcanauts are a nice little break. And honestly, with the class I did with Duncan, like if you just, I mean, it was like three, four basic colors and a heavy wash. And then a couple of highlights, and they look, I mean, maybe it's because they're tiny, but they look really good. Like, you can go back in there and just sort of hit up the raised parts with a few things. And I'm like, wow, these guys, for all intents and purposes, look really good without a ton of work. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because they're so tiny. Yeah. Um, but I was just kind of amazed. Like, I was like, oh, this. And it was fun because it was a change of pace, change of color scheme, change of everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of dying to get this going but uh, I don't know I'm hoping that we're going to start seeing a lot more hobby progress now that school's out I can put mm-hmm. in I can put in at least an hour a day I know and not have to worry about grading papers and stuff like that so we'll see what's yeah. going on Um, I think that's it uh, that's fit for modeling gaming we've got the coalescence which we'll talk about with the rest of the show basically yeah, um, and then the weekend, well, last weekend, I... Uh, oh, you had a crazy weekend. You did coalescence, I, and then what else? I did a random uh, partner's team tournament uh, the day after, um, which is... That was insane. Like, I was dead on my feet, just rolling dice and trying to stay standing. Yeah, um, I, I didn't know you were doing that the next day. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, me and Christian did it, because um, him and one of his buddies drove out from Chicago um, and it was fun. I mean, it was three games, um, and I ended up taking first on a paint tiebreaker, which I was kind of like, me, nice. paint tiebreaker. But, um, yeah, Storm Bros did it. Um, not really sure how, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, and we'll talk about coalescence, but it was kind of like slipping into those comfortable pants. Like, not sweatpants, but like, you know. You get back into your comfy like cargo shorts, and it's kind of like, yep, this is where I live. This is good. I know what this does. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but no, it was fun. Um, we had eight people show up, um, and with the exception of one corn demon player. It was all order. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it was a little boring, but <laughs> um, I mean, it is what it is. And then. The weekend prior, I got to try out Skirmish um, with Joe Sloboda. Um, it's a very interesting way to play, realistically. Do you like it? Um, it was different. 
Um, I mean, I'm okay with it. I think we, we played with a little bit of terrain, but for the most part, it didn't really impact us. And I think this game needs more like impactful terrain than what we had set up. So no, I think it's interesting. The internal balance, I don't think is quite there, but I mean, it did come down to the last model. Um, realistically, which is what you want games to do. So, no, it was fun. I strongly encourage people to pick it up. And it's only 10 bucks. You know, go out and give it a shot. It's yeah. not a bad investment at all. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. And it's just one of those things where you can just, I mean, the whole reason it was put together. You can do Friday Night Warhammer and get a couple of games in. And people, you can, I mean, you can literally just have like, I mean, I wrote a 50 point list and I think I had six models. Yeah, I mean, Stormcasts are expensive. Yeah, but it was it, it was also nice. Like you know, it. it I I really like Mordheim, and I do too. And it's got that bit of a feel. Um, not perfect, but uh, from the rules. No. But uh, um, and I'm hoping that they kind of address some of the randomness, especially at the end of that little campaign they wrote in there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. But other than that, I'm 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 real excited to see what what does with this. And already on the Grand Alliance uh, forums, like somebody went in and it's it's posted up. It's a it's a it's a sticky thread now, where uh, someone went through and took all the units that weren't listed there. Like they listed mm-hmm. all the units that GW gave points to, and then went through and used the the, the quote unquote formula, yeah, um, and and did it for everything. Mm-hmm. So if you want to play and can't figure it out yourself, you can just look it up there. Yeah, which is kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. But it's popular, so it's going to have something like that. People are going to do that. It's going to be cool, as it should be. Yeah, and congratulations on your win. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting it, um, but it worked. Hey, <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. There you go. Um, what are you playing? A thousand points apiece. Yeah, it was a thousand points. Um, and I took a Castellant, a Heraldor, a big unit of Liberators, some Retributors, Judicators, and two units of uh, Javelin Pigeons. Um, and a Griffhound for no particular reason that didn't do anything all weekend. I really hope they drop the points on that, like a lot. If that Griffhound was 20 points, money. But he was 40 points of I sat in the back. And made somebody come and kill me. Do you think a Griffhound is worth it for twenty points? I think he's worth it for twenty points because if you're gonna be delaying drops, then a forty point dog is too much because if you're trying to spam them to make more drops, every time you take two of them, that's a unit of javelin pigeons. But if a Griffhound was twenty points, then for the same cost as what you're paying for one now, you get two. So, so. four Griffhounds, and I, I hate doing these comparisons because I, I think it's disingenuous when you do this. I mean, I hate to hear people it get is. like, oh, compare Liberators to uh, a unit of Dryads, or compare Liberators to a unit of, uh, or compare, you know, uh, Saurus to, to Goblins. There's there's so many other factors that roll in there. But I just look mm-hmm. at, even at 20 points, that makes five Griffhounds the same as five Liberators, point-wise. Yeah, and you get the better movement and the oh, you, more there, wounds. There, there are things that you get from it. I'm not yeah. saying you don't. I just, I mean, yeah, 20 points I think would be the most I would pay. 
Yeah, it's a hard justification. Yeah. I just and so. that's just me personally. But I no, like no, them. I and that's the thing I you. want like I like them. I yeah. really want them to be useful because they look cool on the table. And they're mm-hmm. cute and they're fun and it's like, oh look, I got a couple of these things there. And it's it's nice to have something other than the big gold. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so um, I don't know. Uh you got any other? Um no, not really. We haven't gone and seen Wonder Woman yet. That'll probably be happening this weekend. Well, hurry up because um, it's awesome. That's what we keep hearing. Yeah, no, um, it's really good. It's really good. So we'll get on that and uh, we'll kind of take it from there. I went to see Alien Covenant too. Yeah. Yep. Now i I thought it was kind of cool. I'm not saying it's a good movie. Hmm. Um, I'm fascinated. By the androids, yeah, and I just keep watching that opening conversation mm-hmm. in the beginning of the movie, and then the weird conversations that David and Walter have with one another. Yeah, and I just—I don't know. Like, I know a lot of people saw it and hated it. I just—I keep wondering if David's a reliable narrator because he mm-hmm. is kind of narrating, and I don't yeah. know if he's telling the truth, even when. There's no reason for him to be lying. There's just a lot going on in that film. And I could be completely wrong. Ridley Scott could put out the next two parts to this because he said there's two more, I think. Good and, Lord. And, and he could not answer any of this stuff. Like I'm saying, you know, he could just totally drop what he was doing. Um, so that would make eight or ten alien movies. There, well, no, because AVP doesn't count. So there's six, I think, right now. Okay, but ten with xenomorphs in them. Yeah. I got no beef with that, but yeah. this is not this is not a time to discuss my thoughts on the Alien franchise because this is a time to discuss Warhammer. Exactly, Wonder Woman's awesome though. Yeah. It is, and she could tie me up with that lasso any day. That's I'm. I, I, that's all I'm saying. So that whole like be pervier than your opponent thing. That's um, not being pervy. That's Gal Gadot is, and I've always liked. I mean DC. I'm a DC kind. Of, like I like both comic books. I'm not one of those. I love what, but I mean, Batman's been my hero since I've been four, and he's always fighting mm-hmm. with Wonder Woman and Superman, and she's just awesome. And, yes. And and I mean, Gadot. I mean, I saw her first thing. I said, "Is that the girl from Fast and the Furious, the one who died dating the Asian dude?" And I was like, "Yeah, she she was hot back then too. I like that movie." So. <laughs> And it's just so many. There was so much cool stuff. You know what it is, and no spoilers. But you remember, like she's Wonder Woman. Like she's not. It's. I mean, it's not like oh, she's tough. She's like almost Superman tough. Like, and you forget that she should be. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but you picking up a tank and throwing it and stuff. That's like not everybody does that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. No. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot how awesome she is. Um. Mm -hmm. No, it was perfect. It was so good. Um, I loved it. Loved it, loved yeah. it, loved it. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, we're getting way off. Nah, it's not too good. bad, but it's all good. All right, so uh, break and back and uh, coalescence. Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back.
Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right. Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. story what come on you jump on me a dinosaur story what what movie is we're back a dinosaur story oh i wow i don't even know what i don't what yes (laughs) screw you white tech We're back, wow. a dinosaur story. I don't know that movie at all. Like, I don't even recognize oh the name. Oh, my God. I don't that's even amazing. recognize the name. And you <laughs> you are so proud. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> okay, so it's essentially like the dinosaurs come back to life in the middle of New York City. Oh. And they're all like the crazy animated ones. And they're super happy. And then there's the crazy guy trying to take control of them. And oh, wait. I do know this. Okay, I do know this movie. Now that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh yeah, I I no, no, I ain't watching that. And I I don't think I saw the whole thing. I think my kids might have been watching that once. Yeah, I watched it when I was a kid, but yeah, No, I know I know the movie you're talking about though. So at least I know. I felt that like I don't even know the movie at all. Like how is that what? But oh, that's too funny. Oh my god. Oh. Vindication. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate that. You were so Yes, this the joy in your voice of stumping me. Oh, goodness. It's nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. Give me a second. <laughs> oh, the pure joy in your voice and then and then telling me off on top of it. That was brilliant. Oh, that was wonderful. Oh, I guess I deserved that. All right. It's okay. No, I got to get him in when I can. That's <laughs> All right. So coalescence. Yes. Okay. Um. So we didn't even know. Like that morning, I didn't know if we were running this or not. Yeah, it was the coalescence that almost wasn't. Yeah. Um, it was. Whoa, you still with me? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we were thinking we weren't going to get enough people to do the full coalescence. But plus, um, everybody like I, I had I had two destruction and two chaos, and I was just like, oh, we don't even have one of everybody, and like I ideally wanted to get eight to twelve, eight minimum, twelve is how much you can. UGG is not a huge store; you can only get about six tables in there comfortably. Yeah. So, um, you know that that was like I was just hoping for that. You know the the, the problem being. A, we were doing it a week early. B, it just seemed to be the worst week for everybody. 
Because I had, yeah. I mean, we have we have locals who normally would come to this, and there was like four people who were like, "I want to come so bad," but it's like that. Well, there was a wedding, and there was a bachelor party, and there was, I mean, all sorts of other things going on with for these, you know, for our our, our regulars, and then the ones who tend to travel a little bit, the uh, you know, from the other side of the city to come in, um, mm-hmm. they're all going to Herner's event, which is going. On, they're there right now, today, when this is released if you're listening on release day which i keep saying which i know nobody does but whatever um yeah so and you know herner's got herner tables oh yeah you know and so i know a lot of the guys are going there for that so i mean, I don't begrudge them that i i totally get it um it's just we i didn't think we were gonna run it and then uh we had uh tom a friend tom holland and uh and chris ware Mm-hmm. And uh, and you showed up, and Brandon was supposed to show up too. And then we were going to figure out if we were going to play or just do some skirmish. We were really thinking we were just going to wind up playing some skirmish games, and that would be the topic of the show. Was we we got in a whole because we could have done all six rounds during the course of the day uh, of that oh, campaign yeah. easily. Easy. Uh, I heck, I I was so worried that we were going to get done early. I brought the recording equipment to Unique Gifts and Games, thinking we might just mm-hmm. record the show there. Um, yeah, and then. Like, all of a sudden, everything sort of weird. It, it didn't fall into place. It sort of got forced into place. It kind of coalesced. Oh. oh. <laughs> wow. You are earning the second chair the last two episodes, buddy. Let me tell you something. Bes- I'm, between, I'm trying. Between, between telling people how to actually write a list well and this, I'm, I, I can't believe it. Um. Yeah, so uh, Tom brought his Skaven. It was Skaven Nurgle mix. It was chaos. Yeah, it was uh, all clan pestilence stuff. Yeah, clan pestilence and some and 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 basically it was it was a lot of clan pestilence and then a unit of uh, blight. Uh, what do you call them? Um, plague bears. Plague bears. Yeah, and then Christian brought. Uh, <laughs> he brought orcs. Um, he had thirty shooters, uh, and which, this is bone splitters. Bone splitters, yeah. So he had the Cunning Rock, uh, which is fine. I'd never played against it before. You know, ninety shots at a bunch of uh, Stormcast at fives by fives or whatever don't really necessarily do all that much. Um, well, that's Stormcast, so they're made for that. <laughs> and, and thank goodness. Um, but and we'll get to this in a minute. But let me tell you something: six hundred points worth of those guys carrying the big stabbers. Oh yeah. That'll mess up. That'll mess up your day. It will. That was um, that made me want to want to buy orcs. I actually said, "I'm like, this makes me want to go out and buy some orcs and paint them up and play them." And Harrison's like, "Are you insane, Dad?" I was like, "I'm just saying it makes me want to." I didn't say I was going to. He's like, "Oh, good." Yeah. Um, but he brought uh, what was it? Twelve big stabbers. Two units of six. It was uh, amazing. Oh. I'm like they do what? I kept saying they do what? Yeah. I just and I just kept saying, and I haven't said that in a game in a while. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, even the first time I played against like the uh, uh, um, uh, what's Alarial and 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 Durthu combo with a bunch of mm-hmm. those uh, Kurnoth hunters. Like after yep. that was first explained, I'm like, okay, I heard that was bad. That makes sense. I don't hear anybody talking about big stabbers. 
Like, no, I just, because they go right to the cunning wreck, and it's like, no, no, there's something else in there that is creeping around, and it's just as nasty. Yeah, I mean, they're susceptible to get, if you can get to them before they get to you and just kind of shoot them off the board, that'll happen. But in, uh, when we get to the game, in the game I played, there was no avoiding these guys. And no. They, it was stupid. It was amazing. It was great. <laughs> I mean, I, didn't, I wasn't even mad. I was like, oh, wow. I mean, literally unit deletion. Yeah. And and here I was worried about the ninety the ninety shots from the Cunning Rock and all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I weathered that. Phew, this is gonna Oh man, I'm sitting there going, Oh, I'm I've got this in the bag. All of a sudden take them off. What? Take them off. What? Mm-hmm. Um So Brandon my former student Brandon was our our uh fourth player. At, goodness, the dog's excited. Um Yeah. And uh we were supposed to start at 11, and I texted Brandon about 11.15, and he's like, I'm running late. I'll be there at noon, um, which kind of really threw a monkey wrench in the works. Um, and you actually had a death army with you as well as your Stormcast. And I yeah, had my, I brought the Tomb Kings, yeah. And I had my Stormcast, and I yeah, you had Tomb Kings, and I had Stormcast, and I, I only had a 1,000-point um, Flesh Eater Quartz army. Because I was supposed to give Brandon's friend a demo when he showed up, mm-hmm. um, but Brandon never showed up, or at least not early. I mean, he didn't show up till like one thirty. Yeah. So uh, you played uh, Tomb Kings, and I played my Stormcast, and so we literally had one from every alliance. And when we realized we had one from every alliance, we we're like, "Well, why not play it? Why not? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, let's just do it." And so, and okay, I got to admit, I felt bad because like. I'm with the coalescence group, like in the little WhatsApp thing, and these guys are showing off the, the special trophies they're making for for Saturday and all this stuff that they're doing. And like we didn't think we were doing it, so I didn't have all the fancy, you know, doodads and flip flops and fling flangs that these other guys are doing. So I felt a little bad. I got to admit. Um, no, but the truth is, it didn't need those things, right? And yeah, and basically, I said to everyone who showed up, I said, "Listen, hey, you know, we're not going to. Everyone's going to." It was originally going to be a $10 to play, and then uh, that lunch was included and stuff like that. I said, let's just skip all that and play games, and we'll just all go out together and get some lunch. And we went down to Dog and Suds uh, mm-hmm. at lunchtime. But uh, this was fun. This was, it was a really fun pack. And I got to hand it to the guys who came up with this, uh, with these scenarios and, and what was going on, because this was a really good time. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, it was interesting, and for being a narrative event, I mean, you still had the competitive parts to it, right? Um, but it felt like it progressed well. Um, scenarios were a little interesting depending on the matchup, but um, and then to conclude it with like triumph and treachery games to get everybody together on the last table, and with was us really nice, literally only having four players. Mm-hmm. Um, we were all at that one table at the end, and that was a really great way to to wrap up um, wrap up our day. But uh, so let's 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 talk a little bit about some of the what's going on here with the scenarios and stuff. And since it's coming out mm-hmm. on that day, it's I don't feel too bad. Um, so on this one, the first game, you, first thing you do is we we took you added up, you took the movement of all your units and figured out the average. Movement of your army, you know, by, figured by units, mm-hmm. and the slowest player 
deploys first. And here's how this worked. The object was basically to get, you start on the long end of the board, and the object is to get to the other long end of the board and get off the board because you're racing to get to the, the where the shards are. You've collected shards, and you're trying to get there. Um and, uh, you know, I'll explain the scenario, and then I think we should back up and explain how kind of how... Well, you know, let's talk scenarios, then we'll talk how the scoring worked. Yeah, it's um, a good idea. So the slowest one goes first, and the object is you're racing towards the the shard stones. And, like, collecting the shard stones and, and doing this stuff is sort of like the whole point of the story. Um, so what is it? You're going, and you realize there's someone behind you, like, catching up, okay? Mm-hmm. So... You don't set up on the first, like the front, the, you don't, it's not like the first 12 inches, like the normal full long board deployment zone that we're all used to in pitch battle. Um, it's like the, the, it's not the first six inches, but the second six inches, the closer in half of that 12 inch battle line. You have mm-hmm. to put all your, you put your army in there. Okay. Um, and then the guy, your opponent who's chasing you, he comes in on the on that same side, but he's got the first eight inches to fill in. So overlapping your deployment zone a little bit. Everything he places has to be at least three inches away from yours. Okay. Yeah, and it not... comes on during his hero phase. Yeah. So and then the guy that's running gets the first turn to move up and they put a right. neat little mechanic in there that they have to move towards that other table edge. Right, they can't go backwards. It's only going forwards because it's an ambush. Well, right, and here's so. the thing: you're supposed to be running for the stone. So, I, my 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 army and I played against Christian and his and his uh, his orcs, mm-hmm. and we actually wound up with the exact same movement total. So we diced off for it. I wound up go being con- the slower. I had the lower roll, so I had to go first. I deployed my whole army. And then he deploys in his hero phase. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have to move forward because I couldn't just sit around it and, and set up an ambush or set up to keep him from get, being able to deploy. You have to move. You have to end closer to the other table edge than when you started. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, he's coming on with all this stuff. And so I start just moving. Now, of course, I went to run and I rolled all ones and twos, but whatever. Oh. That's not even the point, dude. Even if I would have rolled high. Um, mm-hmm. I realized something with this scenario. Um, if you're the orc player, uh, and, and then, you know, and you're playing against that slower army, you have a bit of an advantage. <laughs> a lot of bit of an advantage. Oh, I, I moved up everything as much as I could, got ready for him, and he just deployed it had the first eight inches, more than three inches away from me, rolled that, you know, the the whatever that special thing is where they get to move before they actually move. Mm -hmm. He was all over me. Yeah. I mean, he was on top of me turn one. um, And that kind of made it weird. But because the way the scenario works, here's how, here's how you actually win the scenario. I had to get one third of my army models off the table. You get it within six inches of the other board edge. And then at the end of the turn, at the end of your turn, if you're within six inches of the board edge, you could remove them from the table, and they have moved on, and they're they're getting closer to the the, the what they're trying to get to the the shard stones, um, and those count towards your getting your third off. He only had to get a quarter off. Mm-hmm. So if I did sort of move forward and ambush and attack him and try to slow him down and stop him, 
you know, he he didn't he he just had to get a quarter off, um, and it wound up being really close. Like he he had me down to where I I I was like two models short of a quarter of a third left, so I was not going to be able to get it. Um, but I had also tied up enough of his models where he if I would have killed two of the models running for the end, he wouldn't have gotten it either. Mm. Um, it was pretty cool. It was pretty interesting the way that this whole mechanic works. So you can sit and fight, but if you lose too much of your army, you can't win the scenario. Right. So uh, it was it was a lot of we had a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, uh, five two units of six, six of those big giant stabas, uh, fifty points a pop. They have worth it. What five wounds a piece? I think or four wounds four. a piece. Four wounds a piece. Um, they get I forget how many attacks. Two a base, four by two. Um, with Ren 2 and 3 damage each, that's a Paladin Yeah, every time. Yeah, Ren 2 and 3 damage each. It was, He came up with, he had 6 of these things. Rolled up all his attacks. Uh, t- you know, 4 up to hit is not that great, but then 2 is to wound. At 2 rend, uh, I wound up not being able to save 9. I took 27 damage to my 15 wound unit of... Five retributors. Uh, it was it was brutal, mm-hmm. and he could have deleted the rest of my army, except he realized he had to get off the board before time was up. So he hand a gorked him uh, across the board, uh, even past where I could shoot at him. At that point, yeah. Um, where I did, I mean, I did shoot at him, but I was like, oh, well, that's great. I managed. I had to kill like three. I managed to kill one. Um, and he, yeah, he just ran some of his other units up. Up the sides. It was it was a fun game. I I I. It was close. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't win it, but I had a chance to at least make it a draw. Yeah. Um. But yeah, with that with orc speed, them coming in second, they. I didn't have a chance. He was on top of me, turn one and attacking, and I was just like, oh, anything I had that wasn't. Re- I mean, he killed. He took out my heaviest unit right away. And then just started whittling down everything else. I was like, "Ooh, doggies!" Mm-hmm. Uh, you were playing too, though. How was your, how did your game go? Um, so I was playing against uh, the Pestilens, and I had the faster army with Tomb Kings. Um, I don't know how I did that. Um, I think it was the chariots um, and like well, the Necro Knights, and I took a Sphinx. Well, and don't forget, um, also it was the average movement of your army, and he he had a Vermin Lord, but then he had. Nurglings, two catapults. Yeah, the Nurglings bearers. count. It was the two catapults. Yeah. Or the three catapults that did it. Yeah, and then um, the plague bearers and the... I mean, they're slow. Yeah, so. those weren't even counted because he summoned those. Um, he had all rats on the table, and then he summoned oh. the, the plague demons. Because all chaos wizards get those spells. So he starts with all pestilence on the table... And then he summons on the demons, and he did that to try to delay me. Ah. Um, oh, so but if not, his... Now, okay. that, I'm sorry. That's one part of the scenario. Um, you, the, the percentage that, that you take off is from your total army, but you can only they only count to be taken off if they started on that first turn in the deployment zone. If right. you summon them, or they teleported, or they ran through the trees... Um, 
on that first turn, unless they start in that deployment zone on the board, they cannot be the units that you take off the board. Right. So I'm sorry. That was just one thing I had to add. No, no, you're good. Um, and that's a very important feature. Um, so he had an army that was set up, I think would have been much better if he was the pursuer because he had the foul rain congregation with all those catapults and his first turn was wasted uh, shooting wise because he had nothing to shoot at. Oh yeah. Um, and then I come on and the snakes get in turn one, the cat, the chariots get in turn one and the necro snakes gets in and against the stuff I was picking on, which is like light squishy, no armor save uh, plague monks. They kind of evaporated. Um, and I just ran a unit of skeleton, skeleton, uh, infantrymen down the side with a necrotech whipping them. It's like, guys, we got to get across the board. Let's go. Come on. Let's move. Um, and then we had that big Titan battle between the corruptor and the, uh, necrosphinx. And he made one pretty significant boo boo. He activated something else before the corruptor. So the Corruptor got hit by the Sphinx first and took nine wounds off of it. Ooh. Um, so it wasn't nearly as effective when it finally got to hit back against the Sphinx. So, yeah, that was just the only like real boo-boo that he made. Um, but I think the army, depending on how the army is built, that's pursuing has a pretty significant advantage in this scenario. Um, yeah. But I think I just had the right tools realistically. So if I had taken the Stormcast, I would have been slower. So then he would have been the one shooting at me with all that foul rain. So yeah, no, it was a good game. Um, I ended up getting a twenty-man skeleton block off the back. So nice. Uh, yeah, I was able to pull off the win there. So that was cool. Yep. Um. Now the second scenario was a uh, grab terrain. Mm-hmm. Uh, your units can. Uh, control a piece of terrain in a 4+, plus. you claim the piece of terrain, turn it to a focus of your god's power type of thing. Um, standard deployment, you know, you're each in your 12-inch deployment zone. Um, we had a uh, nice even number of pieces on the table, so you, you had to try to, try to really, uh, you know, you had to fight for it. You couldn't just each grab what's on your side because uh, there was no advantage either way like that. Um now, one of the cool things is um, with the scoring, you uh, at the end of the at the end of the first round, you total up all your your points, and there's a different way to earn points. It's not like just a twenty nil system. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the faction or the alliance that is uh, uh, that has the most points is considered ascendant. And they get a bonus because the shard stones are resonating to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was was that was that death or was that uh, destruction that had it? Um, Christian and I actually rolled off for it. And oh, that's right, because you were tied. You I, guys were both in, tied for first. Yeah, but I realized after the game that I screwed up. I had less points than I thought I did by one. Oh, so. Cheater. Hey, it was an it's honest okay. mistake. Apparently, I no. can't count more than four. Um, but, I got you. No, but you know, basically on this, um, if you're if the unit claiming a piece of terrain is a hero, you can re-roll your if you fail the roll. So that's yep. the opponent if you're ascendant. Um, and then 
you can you can basically you got a uh, you your general gained a command ability if during your hero phase you had more terrain pieces than your opponent. Mm-hmm. So just little things like that, little bonuses that kept the story going, little bonuses for how you're playing out the scenario and how the story is going. Um, yeah. The first game was 1,500 points only, and now this mm-hmm. game was 1,000 points because some of your forces were lost in the battle. Yeah. Which is great. Now, that was one of the rules of setup is you wrote a 1,500-point list, and then you took a general in that list, and your general had to be the same in all three lists because yep. he was the general for the whole story. Um, and then so your 1,500-point list was the first list. Your 1,000-point list had to come out of your 1,500-point list. And then the mm-hmm. third game, well, Triumph and Treachery, uh, your 500-point list had to come out of your 1,500-point list as well. Um, so right. you wound up with three different lists, each sort of descending a bit uh, down to this final battle, uh, but with the same general so you could do that story type thing. Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. We switched like I said, we switched players. You played against Christian, and I played against uh, against Tom. Now, Tom had never played against Stormcast, and... Uh, he, his vermin lord sort of ran up and grabbed a piece of terrain, and I was like, "Okay, well, toot toot." And then, Toot-toot! and then the, and then the hammer cloak, and uh, and then the uh, the relictors, like, oh, yeah, little 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 mortal wounds here, mortal wounds there. Then I shot him up with the one rend arrows, and uh, yes, he was like, "Oh, wow!" There, he was not he was not quite ready for what I could do. Um, yeah, as Stormcast, I kind of won that handily. I got most most of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically my my round two. I'm just trying to keep that one quick because that was not too terribly exciting. Um, how did yours wind up? Um, actually, it was pretty interesting. Um, Christian had twelve big stabbers, but he didn't have it in the teeth rock formation this time. Um, so he still had oh, all right, those. He didn't have the points to buy it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he missed a lot of spells, and he forgot the little squiggly beast on his uh, maniac weird knob, or the weird boy on the back of the boar to get a reroll casting attempt. So he kept missing all of his initial cast attempts, and he forgot about the squig. <laughs> oh, like, that's not good. Have a squig. Um, so he missed a bunch of hand of gorks. Um, and he never actually made the charge with the spears, with the stabas. Um, so I was able to kind of dictate what happened and where stuff went and what did and did not do. Um, and I hit a lot of very nasty arrow shots <laughs> between damn terrain and uh, righteous smiting and my Tomb King's command ability. I was hitting with Tomb King archers on threes getting extra shots on fours um at 40 shots wow okay that's yeah. dumb yeah i mean it was amazing um yeah and we but... played we 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 had the uh, we rolled for all every piece of scenery yeah we didn't play any of the scenery with its own special rules but we literally we had a dozen pieces of terrain on every table and we said should we roll we said hey why not let's just do it you know we're mm-hmm. going to play the, the story I had my little Ben Curry scenery dice from Bad Dice, and so we just rolled one at every piece of terrain. Yep. I had a lot of that, the damned and arcane. That You know, I don't play with the scenery, like, with the with the terrain rules that much. That was yeah. kind of fun. 
It was, and it adds a lot to the game. I um, didn't really think about that that much, and you know, I guess that holdover from eighth, where every time you walked into anything, you had to any four, you know, had every four, you have to roll and see what what it is, mm-hmm. and like we all didn't like it, you know, and yeah. then we got oh more scenery rules get out, and I've, I've just sort of never really played with them that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been trying to play with it more. Uh, just on a personal level, because it is a part of the game, and yeah. we should be using it. I don't know if every terrain feature has to be crazy, but it should be a part of the game. Well, um, I'm thinking it might be fun, uh, and especially, like I said, I was avoiding it a lot because I was teaching people to play, like Brandon and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. now that they've got a handle on the game, I think that would be an interesting wrinkle to throw in. Oh, yeah. By the way, the terrain hates you, too. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh, no, it was just, it was a good game. It's just, he kept missing the numbers that he needed and, um, it was refreshing to play against something different. Um, cause I don't see a lot of bone splitters out in my area. So getting to play that was actually pretty sharp. Um, love the army, total respect for bone splitters now that you see it in action. Um, but I ended up winning that one, uh, pretty good. Yeah. So um, we uh, we took we had a little break there, finished things up, got stuff ready. We had had lunch and stuff like I said, uh, and then we went into our final round, and this is five hundred points triumph and treachery. Um, this scenario was another really fun one. Um, mm-hmm. There's up to four guys. We had we had four people, so we all just we played on one board. Uh, we rolled to see who got to deploy first, and you got to pick one board edge, and you marked the middle spot of that board edge and you had to set up your entire army within 12 inches of that spot. So and have, keep in mind, this is only 500 points. Yeah. So it's just that little, it's plenty of room, little bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I lucked out. I got, I rolled off and got to place first. And so I took the long board edge, which is a little bit closer to the center point. Cause the whole object of this is to get, this was, <laughs> you know, you, you're the one who made the comment. You know, we, we joke around about how, in the beginning, when we first started playing Age of Sigmar, we were so used to, you know, having big open spaces and on the board, not a lot of scenery or, you know, and everything just get into one big scrum in the middle, and it just kind of was a mess. And mm-hmm. we, the last two years, we've spent teaching ourselves to put down lots of scenery and have all these objectives. And this, the objective was in the middle, and you literally got points on the on the on the scoring thing for just having your guys right up in the middle. And one of the rules was there could not be any terrain within nine inches of that center piece of terrain that you chose. So it had the yeah, old so seventh. It had that old seventh ed bubble. Yeah, the little no man's land of eighteen inches across the middle of the table. Um. So it was kind of like we're just gonna kind of push it in there and see how it goes. Okay, right, awesome. Um, now, what happened with this is the markers in the middle. Everybody's got to deploy on their things, and uh, at the end of every uh, battle round, uh, whoever has the most models within eight inches of the shard gets a point. Mm-hmm. Whoever inflicted the most wounds gets a point. Uh, for every foe, you and they had a rules for challenging. If you had a hero within six inches of an enemy hero, you can just declare challenge, and then they got to drag that hero over to you. And mm-hmm. then you two can fight. No one else can do anything to you two, and it's to the death. There's no retreat. Right. So you call them over, whichever hero, and it's like you don't get to refuse. 
if you call this guy out and you're fighting to the death. Uh, if mm-hmm. you kill a foe in a challenge, you get a point also at the end of the battle round. Um, yep. Now, there were some interesting things here. Um, at the start of each battle round, figure out who has the most attunement points. Uh, the player and any others from the same Grand Alliance are now blessed by the shard. Uh, and what this was was you may reroll failed hit rolls. However, if you choose to do that, you also have to reroll successful save rolls, mm-hmm. which I totally forgot about. I might have done that, considering how good my save roll was on my characters. Yeah. I should have done that and done some more wounds to that big, stupid, giant vermin lord. Because mm-hmm. you guys all picked on me. Okay, now, <laughs> when we get to actual discussion of the game, um, you'll understand why. Uh, I actually, uh, now, I was in third place when we started uh, the game second two. round, um, but I I won that quite convincingly, and I pulled into first place. Everybody mm-hmm. else, Everybody else sort of, like, kept everyone from scoring any points, and I scored, like, I think the maximum you can score is 10. I scored 7. Yeah, you got a ton. So I pulled out ahead, and so in the third round, um, here was the bonus for the Ascendant Faction, because the most attunement points wasn't the Ascendant Faction. That's just, that was every battle round that could shift. Um, The Ascendant Faction, any heroes from an Ascendant Faction within eight inches of the Keystone Shard at the end of a battle round get an additional attunement point. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, actually, I got more points than I should have because we thought it was for each hero, but if it's any heroes, I still... Oh. But I still had enough points where I was ahead of you guys because of that anyway, because I got points every round. No, no. That. I mean, I, was, I, I wasn't I was as wildly ahead as we thought, but I was still... I still won the scenario because of that. Because of that. that right. kept. I mean, every turn I was getting points for that, so... Mm-hmm. Um, not as many as I thought, but I still won the scenario. Uh, right. That's basically... That's how it was. 500 points. So I... I got I ro- we rolled off and I got to go first because I placed first, and I just ran toward the center. I got everyone within eight inches, all of my heroes, and I had <laughs> I had three inexpensive heroes and two units of liberators. And yeah, I think they it. were intending this one to be like a single hero and a war band of bros, but you had your Lord Celeste and, and two other characters. And I had some... the Relic Door. I had Tutsi, and. Uh, and you guys just all came after them, which, you know, here's the thing. I mean, the whole point was to do challenges. So I kind of thought, I mean, I wasn't thinking this when I wrote the list. When I wrote the list, I was just like, well, I got to take two units of liberators and I want to buff them because that's the way I'm going to get through this. Anything else that was good was like 200 points. I'm like, well, I don't have enough points left to do buy that. Oh, yeah. So I figured buff them. And I just was like, oh, well, we'll just I was I was expecting everybody to be challenging and. They were. They all challenged me. <laughs> Get rid of my yeah. Thing, which well, was smart. The, I mean, I was ahead. Yeah, and at the time when you jumped up like five points um, because of the scenario and how we had read it, um, it was kind of like Dave's got to go. Yeah, and then, but actually, I, that first round I did take like three of the four points because I did inflict the most wounds because I was in the one win the challenge, and then Tootie yeah. did the other wounds. And uh, yeah. I had the most models within eight inches of the shard right at that first beginning point. So it was like I did jump ahead a bunch of points, and you're like, oh, he's got to die. Yeah, and I really think, like, we've been talking about how the Heraldor 
um, is actually like one of the most obnoxious pieces for Stormcast. And everyone's <laughs> like, nope, that bro has got to go. Well, especially so. since there's so much terrain on the board and you get a point for inflicting the most wounds. And I'm like, I mean, you were right. I mean, there was a couple of pieces of terrain where I could have hit like six units. Yeah. And it was like if I would have blown that horn and done D3 wounds to six different units, yeah, well, hey, who did the most wounds? I mean, I would have just – I would have dominated that that scenario wholly had you guys not had, – had, had I not become the target, which was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fun. Uh, it was actually really – that was a fun game. I hadn't played Tractory in a while. And the way they had it set up for the rules for it, uh, you know, from the general's hand, I, you know, we just hadn't played it. Uh, it still works. Yeah, it, it was works. still a fun game. Yeah. Uh, the nice thing is, in the old Triumph and Treachery, if it wasn't your turn, you just weren't a part of whatever happened. Mm-hmm. And in this one, everybody's a part of it. It's just whoever's turn it is gets to pick the order. Right. Which is kind of huge. Yeah. It definitely encourages you to take more survivable units. And this game that we played the night before the random partners team event, which I knew was concluding with a triumph and treachery game. Yep. I actually changed my list to say, okay, Stormcast <laughs> as tanky as we can possibly make them because it's going to be a long day. So, but it wasn't only that, but it's like during battle. Okay. It's my turn. I get to go first. Mm-hmm. It's my turn. But then there's three other players. They each get to go as well, but I get to pick the order. And with Christian having his guys right near mine, it's not only that I didn't want him to kill my guys right away, but I started picking you guys, hoping that somebody might see him as a threat and attack him since you were near him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, yeah. you want to give. There was a definite strategy to who went at what point when you picked it. It, mm-hmm. was a, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was just, you know what it was? It was we were all kind of laid back. We, we really weren't, we didn't even know really what we were going to do that day. Like, we showed up expecting to do one thing and wound up just, hey, let's do this. We, we actually have. The bare minimum, what we need to do this, let's just do it and have fun. And we all Absolutely. had a great time. And it was nice because I never got to play against Tom. And I, I don't remember if I – I don't think I played against Christian because I ran the last couple of events at UGG and I didn't get to play in them. Mm-hmm. And so it was like everybody got a chance to play everybody, you know? Um, yeah. So, I mean, the only two who didn't play each other was like you and me. And then Christian Well, and, Christian uh, didn't play Tom, but yeah. But you and I had already played each other, so really the only two people who walked out of there I don't think ever having played each other was Christian and Tom. But mm-hmm. that wasn't bad. Uh, meanwhile, no. you know, Brandon showed up about one thirty, but his buddy came with him, and so Brandon wound up. We decided I should just stay in instead of Brandon playing, and he would just give his buddy a demo game because his buddy had never played before, and he figured hey, I'll play with him, which actually worked mm-hmm. out really well because you know they're they're like best friends, so yeah. It was uh, it was just really fun. I, I I I can't say enough how much I enjoyed the games and the scenarios were all fun. Throwing in that challenge thing was really interesting. Yeah, and I think it would have been different if I had had like a faster character other than a Tomb King. <laughs> but you know, what are you going to do? Movement four is as movement four does. Yeah. Uh, For the challenge rules really quick, at the start of any combat phase, before any unit may be selected to strike, each player may declare a challenge. So if you're close enough to a guy, you can declare a challenge. Now, it starts with the, obviously, with the player whose turn it is, and then I guess, following the rules, I could pick the order of who gets to declare their challenges. 
mm-hmm. but everybody gets to declare. So you could have a whole bunch of battles going on the board. Yeah. Um, and if we all had multiple characters on the second turn, we could de- declaring challenges with the free characters. Now, uh, select a hero within six inches of an enemy hero. Move that hero within half an inch of the enemy hero. So actually, um, Tom should have come to me, I guess. We read that one wrong. Moving away other models, friend or foe, as necessary. So you got to move them out of the way, keep them their three-inch rule. Uh, the model counts as having completed a charge, even if he's already within three inches of the enemy, and those two models now count as being in a challenge. Models in a challenge cannot be targeted by enemy spells, abilities, or attacks. The heroes are caught in a challenge and cannot retreat. They have sought death or glory on the battlefield, and they shall have it. So mm-hmm. that was once you once he challenged me, it was like, okay, I'm out. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, these two models are out of the combat until one of them's dead, which was kind of neat because you, I mean, during your turn, you could still do your other, use your spells, use your abilities. You could use them, but no one could use anything on you. It's like these guys are now out, mm-hmm. um, which I guess lended to some strategy too because, like, if you would have challenged my, uh, my heralder and not killed him, then nobody else gets a chance to take him out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you'll still get to use your ability. So there, I guess there's a little strategy behind whether or not you actually want to call a guy into a challenge. Um, but it, like I said, overall, three rounds of fun. I, I did. I, I did say that I felt a little weird winning it because I wasn't even planning on playing in it, and like I was running it. So I mean, it's not like we had prizes or anything because we didn't think we were going to be running it. So it's not like I was being a total jerk. I win everything, but. Um, Order did win the day, yay! Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was just I didn't even care who won to be honest with you though because it was no. it was just us playing out these cool scenarios and having a really good time with it. Yeah, it was just an excuse to have fun, and then obviously we'll see how things go um, with the actual global event itself. Um, but if you're playing in coalescence, you are in for an absolute treat. Yeah. All right, if you're listening to this, you're either on your way, and then I blew it for everything, or uh, I probably won't release it that early in the morning. You're probably already there playing, so yeah. you're having fun. Um, I uh, I'm excited. Uh, we basically each of us is reporting in which Grand Alliance won, and so then they're going to total up. Hopefully, everybody will report in, and they're not going to have to chase them down. But I think there's like ninety some odd events going on around the world. Yeah, there's a ton. Today. Yeah, and so we are one of them. So one, you know, one point in the order column. Um, but we'll see which faction reigns supreme and and gets control of the uh, god beast in this story uh, as the day progresses. Mm-hmm. I was actually kind of hoping that people would start reporting as soon as they were done. Just go online and or like tweet about it because it would be cool oh, to yeah. see how it's progressing as it moves ar- moves across the world. Oh, because yeah. obviously the guys in England will be done way before we are done, and it would be kind of cool mm-hmm. to see early reports coming in as to how things are going. Um, it would just be cool. I, I, like I said, overall, and I got to hand it to, to to the guys who the, you know the first the, the the raw guys, you know the Ming and and and, and Steve and 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 every, I, I know I'm forgetting people, but you know the guys who really put this together. You know, Eric was really. Uh, Influential Stone Monk Gamer, yeah. Yeah, Stone Monk Gamer. Um, because this was a joy to play in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun to run it. Um, 
I mean, I I will admit it would have been nice to have, you know, four teams of maybe two or three guys from each Grand Alliance because as when we come back from the break, we'll talk about how how the whole thing breaks down far as points and how those things work. Um, and I think with a team that would add a bit more of a dynamic than we were able to run individually, but it was still just it was just great. I had no mm-hmm. complaints. I had such a good time. Yeah. Absolutely right. So uh you wanna you wanna break and then come back and kinda talk about I know we're 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 we put the cart before the horse there, but how the way mm-hmm. the, the way that they have it because it's really clever the way this whole the way the scoring works. I mean I've seen things like it before, but this just worked really nicely for if you wanna play story wise. So Yeah. All right, well, then uh, we'll be back in a minute, folks, and uh, we'll uh, talk scores before we wrap up the show. in Grays Lake, Illinois is your one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your gamer may want from board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program. Check out their events calendar in-store or online. From Tuesday night miniature games and Thursday night board games to Friday night magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. And we are back talking coalescent scoring and how it all shaped out. Yes, yes. So, um, this is actually a really clever way to do this. There are, uh, well, actually 11. I was going to say, wait, no. There's 10 points available. 10 points mm-hmm. available per round for your team. Okay? For, for your Grand Alliance. For your Grand Alliance, yeah. Now, we actually only had one person per Grand Alliance, so it was each man for himself. But if you're running, say, 12 people and you actually have a nice even split. Now, I mean, there's nothing saying that if you had an uneven number, you couldn't just have people play on the other alliance. Mm-hmm. I mean, we literally had, you know, I mean, it, it had Brandon taken over, he only has Nurgle. Nurgle would have been playing for order. As weird yeah. as that sounds, but, I mean, that's the Grand Alliance, you know, you, you 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 kind of want to try to break up your teams at least somewhat evenly to do mm-hmm. this um, in order to make it work. But so here's how this works. Every game, you've got a, a scorecard for personal feats, and you keep your own scorecard done. And then um, how it works is your team gets together at the end, and they look at the scorecard, and you can only score each of these things once, but you have every member on your team has an opportunity to get that point. For your Grand Alliance. For your Grand Alliance. 
So let's let me, let me give you. So first, you have uh, strategist, and this is actually a three point thing. And that's if you finish this, if you achieve the scenario victory. So and like that's one guy on your team needs to win. That's it yeah, to get and, that one. And only and you can only score any of these once. Mm-hmm. So anybody on your team, uh, first scenario, you got your third or your twenty five percent of the guys off, and you didn't let your opponent do it. Boom! You got your three points. Uh, get more terrain in the second one. Boom! Ten points. Get more attunement points on the third scenario. Boom! You got your three. So that's your. You know, do the do the scenario victory. So that is that was weighted the heaviest. That was three points. Everything else on here is a point. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if if you if you had a if your hero on your team inflicted the most wounds on the game. Yep. So if you had a hero that did the most wounds, so check out all your heroes. Keep track of how many wounds your heroes are doing. The hero that got the most wounds gets a point. Uh, had a hero without the monster keyword that slayed a monster. So it's that punching up. There's a lot of punching up mm-hmm. going on in this. In this, because th- that's where the cool stories come from. Right. It's the dramatic parts of the game that uh-huh. actually make it interesting. And everyone's trying to do this because there's no guarantee that your partners are going to get these. So you're still trying to do your best in the game, but. Again, right. you can only score this one time per Grand Alliance. Uh, there's a survivor. You had a unit that survived a combat phase with only one wound remaining. That's tough. Yeah, I don't think I. I think I got this on the like the last round because I uh, in that challenge I was at the one point I had only the one wound left. Yeah, but it, it was hard. It, it, that is not, and it's not necessarily something you want to get. You know. No, <laughs> but it's a point, you know, because because you're, you're still you're 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 beaten, you're bloodied, but you're still standing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, battle shock an opponent's unit off the board. So bre- make them break, make them run. There you go. Uh, had a battle line unit that killed a hero. I liked yep. that one. That one was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually made me like. I, I I would throw my I threw my liberators into a couple of combats against big griblies that maybe I shouldn't have, <laughs> but it was like uh, especially against the vermin lord. I'm like, okay, I knocked a few wounds off it with you know with the shooting and stuff. All right, charge the liberators in. Just try to kill him with the liberators. You know, try to throw mm-hmm. in your basic unit and get that done. Um, had all remaining units engaged in combat at the same time during the battle. So that is also very hard to do. <laughs> yeah, but so basically, get every unit you've got, get them into combat. No, don't hold anything back. Everybody's got to be fighting. I actually got that on the first round uh, because those orcs completely overtook me and got everything into you know. Mm-hmm. It's like oof, brutal. Um, now that's nine points right there. There's the six one pointers and the three pointer. Then your final point. There was a separate one for every. Alliance. Yep. So if destruction completes a charge in the first battle round, because, you know, orcs, um, you get a point. If death summons a unit into your deployments, into your opponent's deployment zone, you get a point. Order, don't lose any units to battle shock. Don't run away. And chaos, slay an enemy hero with a hero. So, I mean, it it's... Each of the, there's one that has the flavor of the alliance to it as well. Mm-hmm. Now, for us, it was just how many you could score personally. But with a whole team, um, you know, if anybody gets it, 
you you've scored one for the team. Maximum of ten points. Now, what's interesting is that um, you know between games, you total up your points. The team that has the lowest score it becomes the underdog. Okay. So if there's an underdog team, they select any one feat that they have achieved at the end of the game. So at the end of round one, there's no underdog. But at the end of round two, you go through this. You can pick any one of these except for strategist. You can't take the Mm 3.1. But you can pick any of the 1.1s that you got, and you become the only guy who can have points for that. Yep. So you could literally kind of, once you've finished, look around and see, you know, well, what did everybody else do? Like, did every, I don't know, everybody wound up getting, you know, like not everyone's going to get Butcher. So if you got Butcher, you know, maybe not as many of your opponents are going to get that. But, uh, you know, the I battle shocked a, uh, an opponent's unit off the board. A lot of mm-hmm. people can get that. So we scored that. No one else can score that. So if you're in last place, you take away at least one point. You, you make sure that you're, you know, you get something that your opponents can't to try to help uh, bring you back up. It was a nice way to to try to keep everybody in it, I thought. Yeah, it was nice to have an ability to come back if you're not doing so well. Because, I mean, bad dice happen. It just right. it's a thing. So it was nice to see a mechanic where you're not out of it just because you lost a game. So, yeah, now, no, it was good. They definitely thought about almost everything for this particular event. So they put way too much work into this, and it was amazing Well, for here's it. one rule that actually didn't matter at all for us. So mm-hmm. I never brought it up because we only had one person per team. But here's the secondary portion of the keeping it balanced. Last place, keeping everyone else from scoring a single point is not a huge deal. Uh, the team with the most feats scored on the scorecard becomes favored by the keystone shard. So whoever the most points got, we already talked about that. You're favored. Um, in the next round, to score the three-point strategist bonus for your team, everybody in the favored alliance has to win it. Mm. So if you've got a team of three, like I say, if we'd have had a dozen guys there with three teams of three, you won... Your scenario, like death was ascendant on the second uh, second round. All death players have to win the strategist one and achieve the scenario victory, or else you don't get the three points. That's tough. Yeah. So first place, it's like you got to put up or shut up. You won. You were ahead. You got to stay ahead. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you don't get the three points, and that's that's huge because every other team they only have to win it once to win it. Yeah. So that's that really does keep this thing equal. I could see if you were playing this with three or four events, like if you were playing this over a, uh, you know a longer day, um, that really just throwing things around. It, it it'll keep things a little tighter. Um, yeah. And then going into the final one, you have to you have to all win it again, or you don't get that three. You need to, if you're not out way out ahead, suddenly it becomes crucial to win. Um, mm-hmm. And then after the final game, you total up all your points. Whoever has the highest points uh, claims the victory for the event. Tie goes to the underdog team. This, um, so I guess if uh, Tie goes to the underdog team. So if, if two players were tied at the end and neither of them came in as the underdog, I, I guess well, as we would have read that is that 
uh, the underdog would have been whatever team had least less points coming into that that last round. Mm-hmm. If they because they wound up catching up and tying, so tie goes to the underdog. Um, you know, three out of, only thirty percent of your points come from winning the scenario. The other seventy percent of your points comes from playing the story. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was it was great. I loved this. Yeah, it was nice, and I don't know. There's some fluffy aspect to it because, um, like, tomb kings don't summon um, in the lore and everything. So I didn't play with summoning, so I gave a point every game um, because that's just not what tomb kings did. So I mean, playing to the story, and it would be different if we had a team because then we wouldn't be able to achieve that. But having to do like the one man band for everybody was a little difficult. But yeah, no, it was. It was a great day of gaming, and I'm very, very happy we were able to pull it off. Yeah, it was I, – I, like I said, I felt bad that I couldn't make more of a production out of it like some of these other these other places are doing. Um, but man, oh, man, Ashevitz, I am so glad that I got to play. And I mm-hmm. wouldn't – and if we had, we had a large turnout, I wouldn't have been able to play. Right. Um, but just the way it worked out – we just it, it was a really just a casual you know four guys coming with their list nobody brought anything that was really filthy um we all just came in and just and and did our best to play out the scenarios and um you know i mean we you know we 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 played a little by ear hey should we play with the with all the terrain the rules you guys want to? Well, did you recall, Dave? You're running it. Yeah, but do you want to? If nobody wants to, I don't want to say, hey, play with the terrain. Yeah, let's try it. All right. And it turned out to be great. Like, mm-hmm. it was, it was just, uh, it was, it was fun. Uh, it was, it was funny because Brandon was over there sort of watching, but he was also having his friend play. And it was so funny. He's like, man, I'm rolling. Is he, he, was, he had the, he's like, Oh my god! I'm rolling twenty-seven dice. This is crazy. We all stopped and looked at him. I'm like, dude, this guy just rolled ninety. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, uh, and that's another thing, dude. We got a new player in our in our local mm-hmm. group because he, you know, he he'd seen the game before. Brandon played, but before he was finished with high school, he was playing. Um, in fact, when he went away to college, he stopped, um, and he'd met me a few times at UGG uh, to play games when they were still in high school. And uh, his friend was always interested, but never played. We always wanted to play VC, and um, that was kind of cool uh, because Joe was really interested in that stuff. And he always he always wants to play. He's like loves zombies, and I was just like, I am not bringing a bunch. I brought him no. I brought him a quick thousand points of flesh eater quartz. Here's a couple of units of twenty ghouls. Um, here's uh, a unit of three uh, crypt horrors, and here's a couple of characters. Just go play. You know, learn this first. I'm not, you know, and uh, dude, he loved it. So it was mm-hmm. really nice to see while we were just sort of having fun and doing our thing, somebody else, you know, getting their demo game in and being like, dude, this is. And by the you know by the end of turn three, again, he's like, did he get all of his rules? No. I mean, there's a lot of special rules, a lot of the synergies. Like he realized he missed a couple of things. Like I didn't realize all the stuff my Vargulf did. Otherwise, I think I would have done better. It's like, well, better luck next time. Do you understand the basic rules? Oh yeah, I got this. Cool. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's what I love seeing. So I'm, I was excited. But uh, yeah, overall, uh, I'm looking forward to more stuff like this. 
this is this is the kind of events I want to run. Um, this scoring in particular is something that I really want to look into doing more of um, at events we run at UGG because it was it was it was brilliant. Yes. So. And I would love to see more narrative events and not just the match play tournaments. As much as I love those, you need to have a balance of both. Yeah, uh, like and like we, we we've said it. On, I mean, it's been said on so many different podcasts and so many different times on this podcast. Um, you know, a variety in your tournaments is is good. Mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, going to the doing the same thing every time you go is going to get stale fast, even with scenarios. You know, yep. there, there's six in the book, but how quickly is that going to get, you know, that that is going to get stale real quick. Um, pull out the asymmetrical ones from the other books and keep that, try to keep something different going. So that's what I love about it. Um, I, I, I can't wait to see the results. Now that's what I'm waiting for. The results should start pouring in today and uh, I will be, I will be very interested to see. Which uh, which Grand Alliance reigns supreme? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's it. I think wow, we are wrapping up quick today. Um, we should promote Domus's and McClure's tournament, though. I was just about to talk about that. Go um, for it, because like on the last episode, we talked about um, how we're not super jonesed about the death right now um, because of whatever various reason and having. Almost like essentially like being forced to play death. Um, and I don't say forced like, you know, it was like, Alex, you're playing death or else. It was, you know, play death just so we can do coalescence and it was fine. Um, it was kind of like, it was nice to play with the army again. And I almost have considered taking it down to uh, Midwest Meltdown, um, which is Domus and uh, Tom's event that they're running instead of the Stormcast. Um I know it's not going to be as competitive uh-huh. as a Stormcast, but um, it's going to be. It would be interesting to play it at a tournament level, and maybe this is the right event to do it because it's not as hyper competitive. Um, but it's just it's something that's crossed my mind, um, so I may look into doing it. But that would mean I need to pay more skeletons, um, which is you know that's a chore in itself. But um, so Midwest Meltdown. Um, is July 14, 15, and 16 um, in East Peoria, Illinois. Um, they've got about 20 spots left. It's a 40-player uh, event. Um, it's 2,000 points out of the uh, General's Handbook. Um, there is a rules cutoff um, for if and when they update the handbook uh, before the end of July. Um, so that'll be uh, something, and everyone's got to bring a bring a piece of terrain to the event. Um, scenarios are going to be straight out of the handbook uh, with some additional objectives. Um, and it's on the uh, Facebook group, which is just Midwest meltdown. Um, so there's going to be, there's a lot of good people coming. Um, we even got like Martin Orlando flying in from New Jersey uh, to play in this event. So interesting. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be, a nice get together for a lot of us just to hang out and kind of recapture that summer tournament feel that we haven't had um, with like bits going away. So that's what this is trying to recapture. So it'll be good. And I'm really looking forward to it. I've only got about a month to 
paint some skeletons, but you know, we'll see how it goes. Yep. Oh, so, um, well, I think that's, I think that's literally everything. Yeah. This might be one of the shortest shows we've ever done. I think with, once we drop in the commercials, this is going to be like an hour 50. That's pretty good for us. There you go, Bubbles. Be happy. (laughs) Uh. Yeah. We're going to have to get a book review in here at some point. Yes. Because we got to even this one out. I don't think this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because we don't have a lot of those long episodes to balance out this one short one. No, no. We got to We got to fix this. All things being equal, um, I think next episode we're going to talk about um, all the hard work and effort it goes into figuring out how to start running your own tournament. Yeah, like I a, think that's like a episode. GT level. Yeah. Um, so the distinction between like a one day tournament, like, um, like what a couple of us have done. Well, not the little piddly stuff. It's significant. Um, but to go to a GT level event, um, it's a different animal. Um, so we're gonna have a very special guest on Hopefully, for the next episode. Yeah, if we can work it out, we're gonna have a special guest. We're gonna talk GTs, uh, and I've got a ton of questions because I honestly have thought about it. And quite frankly, I thought about it for, well, for the past six months or so, I've been thinking about it and then then getting scared and saying, no chance. And then like a week later, I think about it again. And then I get scared and say, no chance. Uh, it's very daunting. Like I just start thinking about going around and finding a place to have it. And how much is this going to cost? And how much do you charge? And what happens if you don't get enough sign-ups? Like, I, you know, I don't have money to be doing this out of pocket for all these things right now. I mean, just just that one thing is scary. And then you got to mm-hmm. factor in all the other stuff to make it a good event or a great event, hopefully, and not just an event. <sighs> I, I, so I want to talk to you and our guest about this because... I have no idea even where to start. I don't know how you do it. So hopefully I will learn next episode. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be an interesting disc- – like I'm, I don't want to spoil it for everybody. No. Um, but It'll the, be interesting. Yeah, when we get to it, it's it'll be nice to hear the differences between like my experience and our guest experience because it's going to be different. Sure. Um, and – I think you'll hear. I think that'll be a very good conversation to have if we can pull it off. So there you go. Tune in. Hey, look, we had list building on the Story Stinker show, and next we're going to have running a GT on the Story Stinker Spectacular. This is this is getting what kind of what is with the show? But like, to be fair, before we did the competitive episode, we did coalescence and talking about narrative events right this one all we did was talk about a narrative event right and so we're kind of evening it out and and how many book reviews have we done in the past six months too i mean it's it's kind of nice to have not like cramming a book review but you know yeah no it's feeling the itch feeling the itch we got to do it again i am i want to do the overlords because uh my, my my story stinker is wants to talk about that book a lot so i guess that's it we got anything else um, we done here? I think we good, brother. All right, folks. So good. then, until next time, folks, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair, except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you've enjoyed the show, 
maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at GarageHammer. And Alex, that's me, is at SomeKindOfGeek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at SoundCloud.com slash Claire Seabrook Music. Finally, if you want to join the GarageHammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums, that's tga.community, or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.